This podcast is hosted by RPP. The following episode contains coarse language, violent themes, sexual references, and the really creepy stuff. If you're underage, turn off your device. You're listening to I Think My TV Is Haunted and I'm Gemma. And I'm Esther. How are you? Good girl, how are you? I'm good. You are looking fabulous. Freaking fabulous. I'm currently sitting in my tracksuit pants um, but have a clown face on because I'm trying to promote um, a show I'm in this Saturday. Is that Cooped Up Cabaret? Yeah, Cooped Up Cabaret. But by the time this is out, it'll be over. No, 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 it won't. We might be able to get this oh, out really? by, say, Wednesday. So, yeah. Cooped up cabaret this Saturday. Yep. Uh, it's online. Tickets are like 15 bucks. You can find it in my Instagram bio. Or Pistolina underscore bur- uh, burlesque. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Zoom. It's going to be really fun. We've got artists from New Zealand, um, Sydney, Queensland, Canberra, the USA. and. Fun. Frankston, which is me. <laughs> oh, that'll be good. Cool. I'll have to. Yep. I'll have to tune into that. That sounds awesome. It's, it's going to be really fun. Um, and it's completely live. So if I stuff up, everyone gets to see it. But um, it. <laughs> I'm. I'm my dad's mate, who secretly wants to be a DJ, mm-hmm. is DJing for me, and he's a huge Italian man, and he's Bellissimo. just going to be wearing. G-string. It's going to be beautiful. Tune in. That'll be interesting. It'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Well, let's get into this episode. Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, episode five. Yeah. (sighs) I'm starting to get frustrated with this show, Esther. I have to tell you. (laughs) I am. I really am. I really am. Shall I, shall I tell you just, just some pre notes before we start going through the scenes one by one. Oh, shout out to Debbie. Oh, yeah, Debbie. You're great. (laughs) Thank you. TV segment, this whole spin-off of our podcast doing the review on Penny Dreadfuls is dedicated primarily to you, girl. Thank you. We we know people are listening, but she's kind of one of the only people that have reached out and said, hey, you're my my number one Penny Dreadful after show podcast. So thank you so much. so nice. Um, Nick's listening. Oh, good. He asked me about the episode we're about to cover, mm-hmm. saying the first few minutes for Cray Cray. Um, yeah, which they were, but then the rest of the episode kind of sank a bit. There was like um, a lot of. It was just. It was. It was just that it was a drama episode. It wasn't a. There was nothing supernatural in this episode. Um, no. And you know, it's as a drama, it's great. There's no, there's nothing scary, which is mm. disappointing. You know, we're we're here yeah. for the horror aspect, and we're here for that. Um, evocative. You know, if we want drama, just look at my own life. Yes. Far out. Shit. So, All right. Yeah. Anyway, so we've we've had no mention of the boy seeing the ghost of Florence Moore, which I thought there was going to be yes. a huge backlash about that. Same. I thought. Yeah, 100%. I thought it was going to be like Mrs. Craft would be like Elsa. Your child is messing with my yeah, children's that's what I head. Thought. I thought the kids are going to be crying, but there's a scene in this episode where the kids are happily playing just happy a board game, and it's and like um, you just saw something really disturbing, and you're not saying yeah. anything. Yeah. Also, no mention no. of Molly's. Uh, I'm, I'm going to call it an almost possession. Yeah, kind of forget about it. Yep. Uh, Another yeah, thing that I'm a little bit frustrated with is that we're at season, we're at episode five. We've still got no backstory whatsoever to either our saint or our demon. Yeah, it's, it's lagging. 
It is lagging. It's really hard to watch. Yeah. The whole season has been dragging so much. I've loved it, but this has definitely been my least favourite episode so far. Definitely. Right. Mm. Look, I didn't mind this episode. Um, There were some that were way more boring. I mean, this one had a lot of sex, which I think was the only thing that was keeping me watching it. Yeah, yeah, it did. (laughs) But apart from that, not much. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's start with the opening scene. Let's do it. So is it? Is a bit weird. Oh shit! What? I've just fucking realised what this opening scene links to. Okay, so this opening scene. Hey, did you just realise why she went there? Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just realised. It made. I completely forgot about the opening scene. Okay, so the opening scene. We're in like this. <laughs> Paul and there's lots of white people dancing, and the thing that's that what I, I wrote was, down as well. A lot of white people yeah. being depressed. <laughs> depressed. <laughs> yes, right. and I love the contrast because we had the other dancing scene, which yes. was in the hip at the Crimson Cat, BTQ, and different races, and everyone was happy and and dancing and, and having laughing. a great time. So this is a and dance hall white, more for depressed white people. Yeah. Whereas the Crimson Cat is for, like, happy, diverse yeah. queer people. <laughs> so I've written, I've written down beautiful colours, costumes, decor and hair, although the dance hall is nothing like the Crimson Cat dance scene. It's just depressing go. and slow moving with yeah, um, mostly white slow. people what? looking to hook yeah. up. Totally. I literally thought it was like a weird, like an aged care home or like a <laughs> like a, a psych ward that was throwing like their little social party. I don't know. It was that vibe. It was very weird. Yeah. Like something wrong with everyone there. But nope, they're just straight and white. So. Yep. So then we see uh, Magna. Yes, Magda, the she, she demon. In. Yeah. In demon form. And, and then of, someone passes her and she turns into Elsa Branton. Yeah. And Elsa sits down and she makes, she's kind of like fishing to see who would be appropriate. She makes direct eye contact with this really overweight man. Um, Who's a fair who, bit older. Yeah. Who he offers to cut and run, she says. I think you want to take me home and I think you want to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a spell or something because his eyes are like, yeah. And then that was the scene. That's pretty much it. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, and I realized why she did this. <laughs> <laughs> I, for a second, made that mistake as well. Um, but we'll, like, get to, you- we'll talk about that yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. um, again, we're proving that she can be in two places at once. Yeah. Because in the next scene, we've got uh, Rio and Mateo um, together, and Mateo yeah. is freaking out about the murder that he has just committed. Yeah. So she, um, so Rio, yeah, he's crying, and, and Rio is calming him down, and she's telling him about how they are the children of the royal son. And she's comparing them to the story of Spain and Mexico joining together by I pretty I'm presuming the, by the conquistadors, and her speech gives him strength. Yeah, it, it was quite it was quite confusing to me what she was talking about, um, and then I kind of at first I thought it was like she was explaining the origin of war or something, but you just yes. hit it on the head. She basically says it's time to purge. Um, and she rips off his clothes and he, even his necklace that had um, mm-hmm. a saint or something on it. And she says, goodbye to your weak, worthless God. Yes. And then she starts, she gets a tape measure out and starts measuring him. I found it really and, distracting. Um, like she's, she's undressing him and she's doing this long sort of soliloquy about history and stuff. And then she's measuring him up for his new clothes. But the, the second time I watched it, I got more out of it. Because yep. uh, she's distracting because she's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, I was, I was I was quite upset in this scene because I was like, they better not have sex. Well, oh, mm. I wanted her to be one hundred percent 
on girl side. No, but. she's all over the place. But I was also a little bit distracted as well because they missed a little bit of makeup just behind her ear and I just <gasps> kept looking at it. Are you serious? Yeah, it was just pale behind her ear, whereas Rio is, no. is very tan. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, and then they which I've written in capitals, oh, no, they're kissing. Yes. So in scene three, we've got Molly and Tiago and they're at the beach house together. So it looks like they've just decided to go ahead and have this affair. Just the hell with the consequences, the hell with the complications. So they've gone from washing dishes in the last episode to now they're... Washing each other's mouths out. (laughs) Yeah. Molly, Tiago's shirt and the handprint scar and it's very romantic and she brushes her hand over the scar on his chest. Then we cut to the next scene. Oh, this is funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Fly Rico walks in to the two lovers in the bed. Yep, Rio and and Mateo. He's freaking out. He's like, it's not her fault, blame me, man. And Rico throws a knife and it gets stuck in the wall just above the bed. Yeah. And then they all just start making out. And he just joins in. (laughs) Which I love. That was my favourite part of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Because when when he burst into the room, Mateo looked so scared, but Rio was just kind of like, whatevs. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't give a shit. Great. Yeah. Uh, Uh, It made me so happy. Mateo was just like tuning into his queer vibe. Yeah, of course. I mean, these this gang is just completely very fast becoming his new family. Yeah, I mean, he is just he's he's mesmerized by them, and he yeah, completely. He's just immersing himself completely. Um, Then Tiago talking, and they're in bed. Yep. Um, talking about, okay, so Molly starts talking about when she was a kid, she went camping with mm-hmm. her mom, um, and there was a huge storm, and then a truck of men picked them up and, and they drove them to safety. And did you, when she kind was of like, tell you this story, did you feel like she was lying? Yeah, I thought it was a bit weird. I mean, yeah. at first, I like with everything Molly says, I think there's other shit behind it that she, Me too. she kind of like yes. glances over a lot of the detail and she'll just kind of romanticize everything she's talking about. I 100% agree. She it, hmm? That she tells the same story again to someone else and it's completely different. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. But, and it leaves you wondering which is the truth. Or if it's even if it's even real, because to Tiago, she's saying, you know, those men were so were so thankful for them, and I was thanking God that they came and picked us up. And, and they really us they took us to safety, and they looked after us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she also she also uh, talks about how her she says, I know you think my mother is a dragon, but she says that she's grateful for the dragon's roar when she needs it. Yeah, and she's making out that her mum can be a fuckwit but is also quite nice at, at times. At the end of the day, she's and, there for her. Yeah. Uh, she then asks Tiago how he got the scar mm-hmm. um, and he tells her how he was in the fields when he was a kid and he saw his father die in the fire, um, says that he rushed over to try to save him but couldn't and that's how he got burned. Yeah. And then Molly says, this isn't just a burn, Tiago, it's a blessing. Mm. Which I thought something is a, I thought it was a weird line. I like if your friend had a parent that died by burning and you rushed over to try to intervene and you got a scar, I wouldn't be like, it's a blessing. I'd, I'd be like, shit, I'm so sorry. That's like my but first Molly's thing- very good about getting uh, the most positive out of situations. I know, but I don't know. I just as soon as she said it's a blessing, I thought that was a weird. Thing to say. I just thought I'm like that's not right. Something's up. Maybe something like that. I still think she's Magna, or she's she's involved somehow. It's, it's highly right. possible. Yeah, yeah. She, something's really sus with Molly. 
I'm actually thinking something sus with Raul, the brother. Since he's oh, completely because true. since he was shot, he was he's just been so even tempered. Yeah. So I I'm thinking and I, Wagner as well, like. And my mind keeps going back to that scene in the hospital where he appeared like in the lightning. Yeah, and I completely. keep thinking, like, is he really himself or is he just like a reanimated corpse or something? I don't think he's real. Something's going on. It's like, really we, strange. We, a minute that, yeah, that he goes and he sees Lewis and doesn't even register that he, you know. Yeah, because he was wise. this angry man. He gets shot in the head and now he's like this wise Margie. He's it's like, like completely evil about everything. Yeah. He's all like. He's, just, he's like and, super know, like zen family. and stuff. Yeah, very, yeah. Okay, so um, next scene is Lewis on the street and he's watching as a shit ton of cops, cop cars roll in and mm-hmm. they start arresting everyone. And I couldn't tell if they were arresting specifically Mexicans or it was just I got the man. impression that they were, yes. And okay, it's that, they were. this is Tiago's street, isn't it? Right. Okay, that makes sense. Mm. Um, and this is over the murder of the the rapist co- cop in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, James something, I can't remember his name. Riley. There we go. So the cops are arrested. Yes. Um, it's a declaration of war. Lewis suspects Tiago because he had happened to be out the night the cop was killed. So Tiago rocks yeah. up from a bus and Lewis is kind of approaches him is like, where the fuck were you last yeah, night? Yeah, where have you been? No one knows where you were when this murder happened of, of a cop that you exactly. hate. Exactly. So straight away, um, Tiago starts acting weird, really yeah. tense. There's tension between them and Tiago has to tell him he had nothing to do with it, even though he hated Riley. And he previously threatened to kill this cop. So already... Oh, yeah, he, he did. did, yeah. Yeah. And that's what Lewis is saying. He's like, you... you have you did threaten him that you'd murder him if he touched anyone again? Mm. Okay, so then we cut to Josephina. Yes, or is it Josephina? I I called her Josephina, but I think it's Josephina. But then again, um, that Molly called her Josephina, and I don't. Well, that's know a very if... white thing to do. Yeah, J- yeah. I don't know if a Mexican person would pronounce it differently. Uh, let's just go Josephina because, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> so she's at <laughs> Molly's she's beautiful out. white house. Everything's glowing. And once again, <laughs> the lighting in the scene is super um, highly contrasted. So it's super bright. Everything's and it's also glowing. just like the way that they shot this. It just, everything just looked really pretty. Just it's beautiful. Really you, beautiful. Yeah, it's like going to like what I would imagine a beautiful, wealthy home in LA would be like, mm-hmm. you know, um, she's talking to Molly about how she was assaulted. Mm-hmm. Um, and Molly is really comforting her. Molly was really nice in this episode. And I um, feel that Molly in her speech to Josephina gave her a very modern speech or a modern take completely. about survivors completely. of sexual assault. 100%. Um, and saying you're going to come out stronger. There's no victim shaming whatsoever. It was really, really nice. Mm. Um, Yeah, said that so many other people have suffered like she had. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that you do come out strong. There was no talk. There was no real talk of religion in that part. Like it was all about being a strong woman, which I really appreciated. Mm -hmm. But then... She tells the same camping story that she told Tiago. Yep. Except this time she was saying that the men picked her her and her mum up in the storm and her mum was sitting in the front seat drinking alcohol Mm -hmm. and she was in the back with her clothes all wet and the men around her were passing around a drink and then she looked over to see where her mum was and she kept saying, I couldn't see my mum, where's my mum? Now, I wasn't sure whether... She was insinuating that her mum was being assaulted or whether she was being assaulted and she was looking for her mum. I think she was alluding to that her mother was uh, 
actively giving her away to these men to do with as they wanted. You thought that, okay, Chris is nodding too. Right. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, I was very confused because I thought maybe they were getting the mum drunk so they could assault her or... No, I think the mum was... I think Adelaide was probably um, throwing her under the bus, to be honest. Right. Okay. So uh, I I wrote that the dragon's roar that she was talking about never actually came after all. Yeah. And Molly says, no man on earth is strong enough to take God's divine gift away. It would be easier for a man to steal the sunrise. Um, So I found in this episode there was quite a lot of references to um, the title of the episode, which is Children of the Royal Sun. Yeah. So, uh, yes, that reference to the sunrise I thought was a, a reference to interesting the um the title as well and then um josephina says to molly that her brother's a police officer oh yeah molly's face changes and um josephina says his name's tiago and he's the only uh, mexican cop and then molly's like oh the lightener she mm-hmm. her face just yep. oh my god Interesting. Did you find it interesting that Josephina went to Molly's house, seeing as Molly was always going on about parishioners becoming attached to her? Yeah, I thought – no, I wasn't surprised because in the last episode, Molly took such a, like, hold of Josephina, Mm -hmm. like, really took to her. So, I don't know, maybe she's making her her, like, next disciple or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then in scene okay. eight, we've got Adelaide, the mum. She's yelling at the stagehand at the theatre. And the hired guru, yeah. Randolph, tells her Molly's been spending the night with Tiago at the beach house. And uh, he says, yeah. do you want me to keep following her? She says, no, you don't need to keep following her. She says, we know how this is going to end. Yeah, and I, I was kind of, I think she was suggesting to the guard to end it. I think it's all up to your interpretation. Yeah, I didn't know what to think on this. I didn't know. Is it kind of like they're just going to get rid of Tiago? Yeah. See, this is the issue with this show is like we don't know the characters well enough to know what they're getting at. Yep. Like we've only seen the mum maybe three times Mm -hmm. and they've been real short, weird intervals. So when she says we're going to handle it, what does that mean? Yep. We don't fucking know. So the whole time through these episodes, where I think the audience is left being like, the fuck does that mean? There's always more you know? questions than answers. Yeah. Completely. Nothing is ever really resolved. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then we've got Tiago and Lewis. They've tracked down this chick, Sophia. That Remember in the last scene, uh, Rio was doing that girl's hair? Yeah. And she said there's a girl called Sophia. So it turns out she was oh, the woman she, in the I room. She was the one, yeah, she was the one sleeping with him. Yes. So you were right because I thought it was a white ranger. Yeah. <laughs> so Riley, Officer Riley, right. was in bed with this chick, Sophia, um, when he was murdered. And she's really reluctant to, reluctant to say anything to Tiago and Lewis. But she describes Rio's gang. She also describes Mateo. Uh, so yep. Tiago is like, shit, Mateo's really got himself into some bad stuff right now. Um, yeah, and she just, she, she basically goes, and there was another guy with, he had the bandage on his hand and yes. Tiago's face just dropped. Yeah, because he know because the last episode had made such a big deal out of him having the bandage on his hand from the tattoo. Yep. Um, yep. and she describes Rio as that spooky bitch. And I thought it was funny when Sophia said, he was a terrible lay, you should know. And then Lewis said, wait, I'm shocked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love Lewis. Yeah. And then Tiago says he needs to speak to Raul because Raul knows everyone in that community. Yeah, that's it. And then we cut to this fancy cake shop. And there's the young scientist. Is, I've, I'm just, I've been calling him Maths Boy. <laughs> Maths 
boy. Okay, math boy. I like math boy. Math boy. So math, math boy is writing formulas very frantically down on a piece of paper. Yep. His nose is all busted up. He's got a cut in his face from when Lewis beat him up. Yep. And then our insidious lady who I fucking love. Yeah. What's her name in the show? Dot- I just call her insidious. Dottie. Dottie, cute girl. <laughs> Dottie walks in and she's, ugh, I want to look like her when I'm that age. She's great. Um, she walks in and confronts him about blowing up the world, basically. She's yeah. like, why do you want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and she um, says, you she- need to stick with me and Lewis. Stay away from the Germans. Yeah. And uh, then she she asks him to explain how the bomb works, and he says, and she says that she learned to wire bombs with the anarchists in Haymarket. So I yeah, looked, which is it's awesome. She's a total badass, like, lady. I looked up what Haymarket was. Um, it's also known as Haymarket Massacre, the Haymarket Riot, or the Haymarket Affair. It took place in May of eighteen eighty six in Chicago. Uh, with a peaceful rally supporting an eight-hour workday for labourers. In retaliation, the police killed one person and injured several others. So a person threw a dynamite bomb at the police, killing seven police officers and killing at least four civilians, injuring many more. So that's what she meant by Haymarket. Right. So while they're having this conversation, it turns out that Kurt, Goss's boy, is spying on them from outside, the Gestapo boy who's American. And, he, yeah, so he's listening to them talk and then he walks out and makes a call to the head Nazi. Yep. And then the Nazi tells him to find out who Dottie is. Yep. Meanwhile, from this Nazi's office, he's looking over a huge um, model of the freeways that they're going to, they're trying to build all over LA. Yeah, so we it, it's revealed uh, by this huge table plan that it's not just this one freeway he wants to build. He he, I, I counted at least seven freeways to pass through LA that he wants to make. So his yeah. plans and are was, a lot bigger than what Townsend thinks they are. Yeah, and I was waiting for it to pan out and show like a swastika or something made out of freeways. And I was really studying, <laughs> like, like, huge German symbol in it. See, but no. <laughs> no. Um, so, and he also said that they're going to do something with Maths Boy as well. So, I don't know if maybe oh, they're yeah. going to kill him or they're going to kidnap him and force him to keep uh, designing the bomb in, like, an underground location. They'll, like, keep yeah. him tied up or something. I don't know. They're going to, but he's not in a good place. He needs to leave. No. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so then we're at Maria's house speaking to Raul and Tiago says that due to Raul's union work, he knows everyone and he can help them fly, um, find Fly Rico. And Lewis knows that Tiago is keeping secrets from him. And, yeah. of course, we yeah. know that Tiago is keeping from Lewis that Matteo is involved. To be honest, I would tell him. Uh, I don't know what I would do, honestly. Lewis can be trusted. Yeah, it's tricky though because they haven't really known each other that long. I know, but and they've bonded—they've—they've little- bonded over being outcasts. Yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know because it's your younger sibling, and he's already screwed over his elder one <laughs> or his yeah, other his other brother. <laughs> yeah. So Maria then shows Lewis her shrine to Santa Morte, and I love this because I love her shrine. I want that in my house. Yeah. And uh, she says, isn't she beautiful? And uh, he's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's a skeleton. It's a skeleton. It's a human skull. Yeah. Some rags. It's over very it. spooky, creepy looking. And he yeah. says, mm, I don't think you're Jewish. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And um, she gives him a small doll of Santa Morte to protect him from evil. And yep. um, she thanks Lewis for choosing Tiago as his partner and she asks him to take care of Tiago. Yeah. Um, so that was a cute little scene where they got to meet. Yeah. Um, and then we cut our favorite, Our favourite big gay Townsend. Icon. Um, he, is just, he is just wanting to put on those leather straps and – Leather shorts, and he wants to go to the club. And Alex is like, 
He wants to go to Honcho Disco and Alex is like, you need to stop and chill. Yeah, I look, I felt really bad for him in this scene because he's trying on ties and, he, you know, he's trying to match ties to the colour of his eyes and you can see that he's yeah. he's got a little more, some pizzazz in his step. Like, yeah. he's happier, he's he's focusing on he, things that aren't just the the highway. Like, he's, he's actually, he's, he's a got bit, a crush. He's kind of spaced out with having a crush on someone. And also, did yeah. you notice that she recommends that he chooses the royal blue tie? Yeah. Which again, yeah. uh, children of the royal son, the beginning. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So um, there was just this thing with like son and royal in this episode. Yeah, it was weird. Um, and she's like, "Look," and he's like, "What do you know about Kurt?" You know, like he's yeah. like in school telling someone about his crush. Yeah, and completely. she warns him about keeping his homosexuality private. Yeah, which is sad because you could see his eyes just drop. She's basically like, do not mention this to anyone except for me. Imagine what Beck would do. Imagine what your father would do. Mm-hmm. It would be a disaster. And he's all his, like, happiness kind of, like. He's like, yeah, she's face. right. I thought it was really sad. But one of the interesting things in that scene is Alex asks him, um, how long has she been working for him? And I was waiting because I wanted to know how long Magna had been. Yes. She and said, how long have we known each other? Oh, is, like, I missed that. Yeah, he's like, I can't even remember when we hired you. So I thought that was really interesting. That is like, so good. Like the whole good. time you look at Alex's eyes are so intense and she's just like, she almost has Pennywise eyes. Like she's really just. Looking into Especially him and when she's Alex. Yeah, she's really yeah, intense. Alex has, like, real weird eyes. Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah. cool that he doesn't know, like, when she where she came from. I love that. Yeah. So then we cut to Lewis and Tiago. Um, they're sitting in their car, and they're about to approach Miss Romero and her small son. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they get out. They rock up to her. They ask where Fly Rico lives, and this is the first time we've seen Tiago be quite inappropriate. Yeah, um, he was quite aggressive. He was a real asshole. He threatens to have her deported. Um, threatens to leave her in the desert without a son. Her kid is it? The, a, a it was, son a, or it a, was daughter? a little girl. Girl. <laughs> um, the girl <laughs> starts crying, and Tiago. Uh, Tiago is really. He seems to be having like almost like a, a stress breakdown. He's having a breakdown. He's having yeah. a nervous breakdown. And even and Lewis, Lewis says, like, Christ, what the hell? Like, yeah, chill. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. Lewis steps in as the good guy and he's like, listen, can you help us? So, so she ended up giving the address yes. of Fly Rico. Yep. Um, then they are parked. Lewis and Tiago are parked on the street overlooking an apartment complex, which is Fly Rico's. Yeah, um, and he said, and "I don't want to be partners with a, a an armed yo-yo." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "We need to go by the book." Yeah, so he's a good cop. He, you know? yeah, he is. A, he is a good cop, but I, I would like to see what would happen if, say, for example, Dottie called him and said, "I've got a body. Help me dispose of it." You know what I mean? Like, I feel like yes, he's a well, good cop, but think- what would he do for his real close friends? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, okay, so go back to Croft's house, the German doctor. And yes, Dr. Croft. Yeah, because it, it showed the large house and then it pans in and he's playing a board game with his two kids and his wife. Mm-hmm. And it's all very I was like, oh, perfect. cool, they're going to bring it up. And did you notice the whole time the kids were talking, they were using words that were triggering Croft? Mm-hmm. Like, one of the kids is going, say sorry, say yep. sorry. Yep. You've got to apologize. You've got to apologize. And, and, um, Talking about cheating. cheating. And he's like, like he's getting sweaty and his wife is just sitting there. She looks stunning, by the way. Yeah, like, I, one thing I think I feel uh, like um, she looks a lot better than she has in previous e- episodes. Like she looks really well put completely. together, whereas in previous episodes, like we've seen her sort of like in her nightgown and – 
just yeah she had her nails done her hair was her rolled. nails were amazing right i loved her nails yeah they were yeah, like red was- with like the moons were white and the tips were white very data von t they were very yeah. lovely yeah and um, then the phone rings yeah and she says just let it go uh, and then yeah, he just- takes it and it's elsa and she's crying and she begs him to come over because she says her husband's hurt and um, he obviously gets his shit and goes to leave and the wife is like, it's your day off. Like, this is what office hours are for. And he's like, no, there's an emergency at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So he rocks up to Alice's house. Um, she's sitting down in her living room and her hands are covered in blood. Um, Croft walks in and is kind of like, staring at her trying to figure out what the deal is and she says she said I couldn't be raped one more time Peter what my husband did to me how he hurt me I couldn't let him and then we see his body on the floor yeah and he's at his throat slit and now I realize that it's the the guy guy from from the the start (laughs) god damn because I'm like the whole time I'm like oh she must have made another flesh boy but a well, flesh husband. that's what i said to louie i was like oh well that that guy on the floor is probably one of her flesh people and he goes no nah, it's the dude she picked up at the start and i was like of course yeah, <laughs> yeah i didn't even um so he goes into the bathroom and rips down the shower curtain which the first thing i thought when he did that was like now if the cops come, they'll see that the shower curtain's missing and they'll they'll line it up. But There's I, only one reason you rip down a shower curtain. I know, and I'm like, <laughs> they need to replace the shower curtain. <laughs> ASAP. Like, yeah, they're going to be looking for that shit. Um, but, oh, how could they trace it back to Alpha? Because she's a fucking death angel she's a, so she's the a guy demon yeah exactly look she, she would probably be happy for dr craft to take the rap um i mean if oh, they put her in prison that? she'll just turn into like an ant or something and walk out <laughs> <laughs> see you later bitches <laughs> i'm an ant <laughs> bye bitches um okay the chairman Chairman. I always call him chairman. Chairman. Like yeah, yeah. I'd, in my chair. head, I'm always like a dude like carrying a chair. <laughs> chairman Townsend. The worst superhero. <laughs> and you know, I I keep calling him chairman as well. I think, he, but he's councilman. Councilman yeah. Townsend. And he's freaking drinking and he's having a gay old time and he's tap dancing in his super posh house. Okay, now what I wrote. Okay. I wrote this. Um, he puts, puts on a record. And it's the story of love. He starts dancing. And the way he was dancing, so he's doing a little, a little uh, tappity-tap with his feet and his shoulders are kind of a bumping, a bumping. That is exactly how I dance in the shower, except I do it to Gwen Stefani, not this, like, jazz music he was listening to. But the more I look at him dancing, the more I'm like, fuck, that's legit what I look like, except it's to, like, Polar Bat Girl by Gwen Stefani. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have the exact same dance skills. I don't recommend dancing in the shower full stop. It's just my not a, It's not cute. safe. That's why I do all my rehearsing is in the oh shower. Oh, my God, do you have a mat, like a non-stick thing? You might no, fall I've down. Feet. You've got big, thick feet to support. All right. I've never fallen. Mm. I got wings. Charlie Chaplin. They go out. Mm. So I'm <laughs> Um. Then a doorbell rings. Ba-boom. And the house and was beautiful, wasn't it? House is stunning. And it and had floor-to-ceiling, beautiful. Oh, and I, one thing I said when we were watching, I said it, it reminds me of like a 40s version of the house from Iron Man, you know, Tony Stark's house, up like that, with that, it's like a circle shape and it's all overlooking it's the valley. Of, you know when Charlie's Angel, there's that house on the hill with all the yes! big windows? Yes, yes, it's yes. Kind of it's similar to that. Really modern shit and it's made exclusively for partying. 
That's what yeah. his house. Yeah, it was like a modern take on the nineteen thirties. Yeah, it was really big, big Art Deco lights, really, really beautiful nice. lights that look like fireworks. Just yeah. loads of glass, loads of yeah. exposed timber. It beautiful. was just really, beautiful. really, lo- and like Swedish design furniture it was really nice. Complete. It was like IKEA, but mm. in the very minimalist uh, and very sort of chic. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, the bell rings. It's the Gestapo, the American Gestapo, the, the Gestapo the gay, the Gestapo gay, the discount chemist version of Bill Skarsgård. Yep. Um, there's nice tie, and he's like, "I've got Chinese, yeah." No, he's and he, I he's that American. Was so cute. Now I want Chinese food. I know, but when he says nice tie and and the chairman's like his eyes just sparkle a little bit. I'm like, oh, he noticed it. He's in so much trouble. He is just he's got no chance. He's not yeah. he's letting his guard down. That's exactly me though. This man is me. Take away all the corrupt Nazi shit and the sexism. I guess, but like he's just got like this whole political balancing act happening right now oh, and there is no trap. net to catch him if he falls well the gestapo it's all an act this gestapo isn't gay oh he's a plant he's completely a plant yeah it's really sad mm. okay we go to the next scene and croft is burying this husband <laughs> in the forest and the music changes like really dramatically yeah. from this that's it's the story of love to this like eerie yeah. body Burying yep. music in the dark yep. forest, and then they have sex over <laughs> on the grave. I've written it's a love affair like no other. Oh, <laughs> uh, who's someone's phoning? Someone's phoning us. What's going Hi. on? Did someone get a phone call? Yeah. Oh, no, no. I think our, our expired. Is that, oh, is that right. No, I, okay. Something went weird. Yeah. Oh, I'm back. So, yeah. uh, having sex on graves, uh, tap dancing, Chinese food. Just <laughs> uh, <laughs> a segue. Uh, so, uh, having sex on grave, check. As you do. <laughs> so Tiago and Lewis, meanwhile, they're still staking out this this building where they're trying to find Fly Rico. And the reason they haven't seen him is because they've got lookout kids on bikes. And the lookout oh, kid yeah. spots them. Yeah, because they're sitting there and, and Lewis is like, God, it's the middle of the night and there's kids on bikes. Like, is that what Mexican kids, yeah, yeah. Mexican kids do? And then the kid drive past the open window of the car and make direct eye contact with Tiago and Lewis. And then Tiago is like, oh, it's a fucking lookout boy. Yep, exactly. So then they, they get out they, and they start running. And I was like, oh, my God, poor Lewis. He's, like, lagging behind. <laughs> oh, no, I, all I was thinking about, I thought at one point, I thought that Tiago was in such a horrible mental state that he was going to shoot this kid. I thought he was going to kill um, the kid. And it's his, like, breaking moment. Like, he would have been fucked. Yeah. Because he was really aggressive with this boy. Like, he was... He was. When he finally faces. caught him, um, yeah, he was very rough with him. Or, yeah, he was very rough for a child. So they run up the stairs of the building and then he, he lets the kid go because he's pretty much led them to the floor that they want anyway. Um, yeah. And then they open one of the doors or they burst into one of the doors of the apartments and they find Rio and Mateo yeah. and the gang and they're counting money and drinking beer. Yeah. Uh, very old school, like at a square table. Yeah. And then Rio yeah. throws a table over them. <laughs> yeah. From my mama for this scene. So Tiago, it just ends up like in a bit of a fight. And Tiago ends up chasing Mateo out of the building and through all the fire escapes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then finally like, they head down a dead end and Tiago points his gun at Mateo, which I thought, is that necessary? It's a dead end. So did I. 
once again, I'm like, fuck, dude, you are going to shoot both of your brothers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I really like Tiago as a character, and this kind of just, like, confirmed it for me, but he didn't shoot the brother. Instead, he told he, he got him to confess. Yep. And then as Mateo's confessing, you can hear sirens in the back. Mm-hmm. And Tiago tells him to run. Yep. He's so good. he's let him go. Um, but yep. at the same time, well, well, what's he? What's he going to do? Is he just going to pin this on Rico? Well, I don't know. What would you do? Uh, it's hard because the relationship's fucked anyway. Because if you pin it on this your brother's best mate, mm-hmm. then you're going to lose him anyway. And yep. Or it's in they, a really, really awkward situation. Yep. And yep. then that was it. So Mateo no. runs away and um, Tago's having a mental breakdown. He's in the alley having a cry, which I've done many a time. So <laughs> been there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was a weird episode. Yeah, it was. I mean, a few things happened, but I just feel like it could have been interspersed with a few, um, you know, why not throw a few spooky things in there? Yeah, I mean, there's only really been one spooky thing and they have so much potential. Mm. I mean, if you compare it, I know we, you know, they say don't compare the new Penny Dreadful to the old Penny Dreadful, but there's got to be some kind of... Correlation. Correlation. Like, yeah, totally. I look, I don't know, I'm just I'm really struggling to get into it. Mm. Well, we've got three more episodes. So three? Just three. Damn, they better fucking pump it up. I know. They've got only three episodes to wrap some Ow. wrap some stuff up. Wow. Um That's- and I am wondering if they are gonna wrap it up because they haven't been doing a lot of promo for this whatsoever hardly any i don't know if this has actually gone well for them well how is it how is it going to go well if you do zero promo like their instagram page has barely been it it has almost no you know interaction with the fans there's a few comments but like no one seems to be answering back there's no behind the scenes stuff it's just it's just stills from the show uh, there's yep. no hashtagging. It's just no. it's been very, very weak. The, the, the only real um, promotion I've seen of it is from, like, extras that were in the show. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, minor roles. Yes, that exactly. That have been like, ah, season, and they'll, they'll tag the photo. But apart from that, I haven't seen anyone which I find bizarre it. because it's clearly there's some serious budget has been put into this Big show. Budget. Penny Dreadfuls was so successful. Yeah, it was great. Every everyone I knew was watching it. Yeah, um, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, what new season?" Exactly, exactly. You know, I think I almost kind of relate it to American Horror Story in a way. Like the first few seasons of American Horror Story were so fucking good mm. and people were so obsessed with it mm-hmm. and then they kept pushing it and now it's it, no one really talks about it because no the, the I, latest- I could not tell you um, what oh uh, the last one I think I watched Roanoke and I started watching cult but I found it a little boring yeah see I, I couldn't stand Roanoke I loved it I, I love cult uh well supernatural at all it was political yes it was, yeah you know like they've got new ones. I think it's American Horror Story in nineteen eighty five or something. Nineteen eighty four is so. Was Cult the last one? And then there's eighty four. Yeah. Um, and I won't watch that because I I can't stand Emma Roberts. Oh, but, really? Um, <laughs> I can't stand. She's useless. But um, <laughs> no, I think that's what happens when I don't I don't know. See, I think something's gone wrong in the promotion of this series. Yeah, I I've got questions. I, I've definitely got questions. What's going on? So I'm wondering, is this just going to be a one-off season? Are they going to end it on a cliffhanger or are they just going to wrap it up? I don't know. Because I don't think they're going to get renewed at this rate. Why would they? I don't think they will. 
I'm hoping they wrap it up in the next three episodes, but there's, there's a lot to wrap up. A lot like to wrap up. Is it going to end in a war or is the war going to be resolved? What the hell is happening with Tiago? Like, if a war starts, Lewis and Tiago aren't going to be able to stop it. Well, like, is- there is kind of a big war coming the following year. <laughs> That's true. So, you know, this this could go so far, but <clears throat> I'm just worried yeah. because of the lack of promotion and um, and and that sort of thing. I'm just worried that it, this will just come to nothing. Yeah, I think it's a really weird. It's very strange. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I'm really interested to see the next three episodes. Mm. Me too. And then yep. after that, we'll, we'll we'll do some movies. Yes, I'm excited. Yep. I've got a list. All right, go for lot. it. I haven't made a list of anything, so we'll do all your movies. Fuck. Yeah, girl. <laughs> I saw that I did um, a, a review on It. Oh, I think who, it. Who did a review on it? Guy Medusa. Oh, cool. Uh, she did it with some other podcast, I think, and I, I want to watch that. All um, right. Awesome. I think she has – I'd love her to join in on that one because um, she's obviously read the book. I've yep. read the book so times, so we'll be able to actually compare it to the book, to the movie, to the book, to the movie. Yep. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we should definitely make that happen. Yeah, sick, guys. All right, awesome. Well, you guys, uh, you've been listening to I Think My TV Is Haunted. We'll see you next week, and hopefully Esther will be actually in the studio because restrictions have been lifted here in Melbourne where we are. Um, So the sound quality will be 100 times Uh, better. (laughs) Can't wait. Oh, my God. All right, till next week. See you guys. Bye, guys. Bye.